welcome to another exciting podcast from Sydney Life Church. And now, here's Pastor Tom Ingalls. So I'm going to continue this morning talking about, um, with God, all things are possible. And uh, I'll just give you a quick recap. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I started on this, and I said, Philippians 1.6, that, that He's begun a good work, and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, which means that whatever God has begun, He's going to finish. In fact, what God does is, God's so smart. God goes to the end of something, and He finishes it, and then He winds back, and He says to you and I, would you like to join me on the journey? Isn't that incredible? That you and I are on a journey that God has already finished. That means you should get excited about this, that you're a success waiting to happen. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You're a success waiting to happen. Amen. God doesn't make any mistakes. We talked about the timing of God, how God will create you in the time that He needs you. Or at least He thinks. He doesn't need anybody. But you know what I'm saying? The best time suited for your giftings to expand the kingdom. That's an incredible thought. He's kept the best wine until now. Not until last, until now. But there's a generation that will rise up and say, we are the now generation. So we covered that. I think we covered that. We talked about how God does it is God... um, wraps his plans, his purposes in words, and he sends these words into the earth looking for a target. Remember we use Mary as uh, the example, the great example. God has written everything he needs in here. He's looking for a target. You're the target um, to receive God's word, conceive God's word, and bring forth God's word. Amen. Remember we covered that as well. And so God is looking for human targets. That's the way God operates through human beings. Amen. I mean, God could send his angels and do everything he wants to do. But the way God has chosen to do it is actually through you. So he's always, God is always searching your heart to see if you're willing to do what he wants you to do. Yeah. That's an incredible thought. Because it means that God is always busy in your heart. You know, God doesn't leave you, Peter, and say, you know, Peter, I'm busy with someone else. I'm fed up with you. I'll find someone else. God is always busy in your heart. There's never a moment when God is not busy. God is not active. Amen. So we talked about that, and uh, I said he usually chooses people with limitations. Because some people think, you know, God's just going to use the perfect speaker, or the best looking, or this, or that, or the next thing. And God doesn't do it that way. Yeah. You know, Mary had limitations in the natural. She could, she could cook, she could sew, she could fetch water, she could do stuff. But she could not have a baby because she was a virgin. And God says, you're exactly what I'm looking for. Someone who knows in the natural that they cannot fulfill what I've called them to fulfill, except there's a divine intervention. And uh, so she was that divine intervention. She was the subject of that divine intervention. And lo and behold, she carried the Christ, the Son of the living God. Incredible story. We talked about, um, um, she she thought she needed a human factor, but God says, no, you don't. We talked about the quantum world. when, When you move into the world, God's world, when you move into God's world, you, I'm just recapping now. You move into a world, it's the quantum world, where all things become possible. Where, you know, quantum um, physics do not apply to the laws of physics. They're outside those laws. Yeah, man. Where anything becomes possible. Everything in the quantum world consists of possibilities. Everything in the faith world consists of possibilities. Come on, man. By faith... By faith. So by faith, just like quantum, if there's an observer, if you believe, 
If you believe you're going to get what you've prayed for, what's in the Word of God, then what happens? It becomes manifest. We talked about that a little bit. And then uh, last week, uh, the week before, we talked about trials. And James says, you know, when you get into trials, count it all joy. And we talked about how God doesn't leave you behind. And that's where we brought the bus story in that I don't think you'll forget. He doesn't leave you behind. Um, the story of Lazarus, we talked about that, that everybody, the people, Mary, Martha, all of them thought that Jesus was late. That he should have been to Lazarus' tomb long ago. Remember? And they all thought he was late, but Jesus wasn't in a hurry because his timing is perfect. And we were relating how sometimes we think that God is late, but he's never late. He's always in time. God is always in time. He's never late. And in that process of when you think you've missed the bus or the bus is not coming, that's the very time when God is very actively involved in your life, building you up, encouraging you. I want to talk a little bit about that this morning, how this works. Encouraging you to hang on, because surely the bus is coming. Amen. And then we talked about David, how David and, and uh, fantastic Sam, in Psalm 6 he was complaining, and then all of a sudden he comes to a, a realization in verse 8, that wait a minute, I have authority over these demonic forces and these demonic powers, and I'm going to take authority over them. Remember that Sam? He was complaining, he was moaning. You know, and all of a sudden it's like, what am I doing? I'm complaining, I'm mourning. And nothing is going to change as we compl- if, if we complain and mourn. Not that anybody in this church does it. But when we complain and when we moan, nothing changes. In fact, things get worse. But as soon as you come to the revelation, the realization that you have authority over the kingdom of darkness, everything changes. And David started to take authority over that kingdom. And he said, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the cry of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplications. The Lord will receive my prayer. He says, depart from me and be utterly ashamed. Depart and go suddenly. Hallelujah. Amen. So that was, you know, that was what we covered a couple of weeks ago, in case some of you missed it. Now, what I want to talk about this morning is, I'm going to continue with this. Would you turn to Psalm 21? And I'm going to come from a completely different angle this morning, by the grace of God. Psalm 21. We're still talking in this series. I want to show you how God will start to quicken things in your life to become possible, but also in the life of other people around you by the way you act and react to people. It's a very powerful concept, this. But it's hidden in scriptures. It's embedded in scripture. If you don't see it, you'll never know there's a connection. But we'll read Psalm 21 and verse 1 and 2, and it says there, The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord. The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord. In other words, David realized that God is very strong. (laughs) Amen? He's very strong. And so he says, I've got a revelation of this. I'm going to be joyful. So joy is an indication, then, of knowing how strong God is in your life. And he goes on there and he says, "Um, And in your salvation, how greatly shall I rejoice? You have given him his heart's desire, and I want you to underline that word, and not withheld the the request of his lips. That's an astounding statement. So if we just analyze that statement there, he says, The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire, and and have not withheld the request of his lips. So a key to getting your heart's desire, I want to talk about this. The key to getting your heart's desire, does anybody want the desires met? 
Does anybody want the desires met? Does anybody want the needs met? Does anybody want the dreams met? Well, we wrote down a whole lot of stuff. This has been in my office, and uh, we'll bring it every week, and we'll just continue to pray over it until we can, you know, we just continue. Because we forget sometimes. What happens is we forget. And so we're not going to forget. We're going to remember. And you can still fill in if you've got a request that uh, you want God to do something impossible you want God to do. I'll leave it up here. I don't read any of these. I haven't read any of these. They're sealed like, just like this. I will not read what you've put, there, put down there. But if you still want to do that, I want you to put it and include it in here this morning. And we're going to speak to this thing a little bit later this morning. In fact, I'll put it there so we don't forget. We're going to speak to it. But <clears throat> get back to this again now. So <clears throat> he says, he talks here about, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. So we've got to thank God for our salvation all the time. This is the key for getting your desires met. I, I put on Family Matters this week that faith gets your needs met, but desires gets your dreams met. There's a big difference. Faith gets your needs met. Faith is basically you to God. Desires is from God to you. There's quite a huge difference in this here. So faith gets your needs met, you to God. Desires gets your, dream, your dreams met, which is God towards you now so you've got to sing you've got to, you've got to um, sing to God now I want to just focus on this whole thing desire because this is what we're looking at in terms of the supernatural remember we're looking at the supernatural we're looking at all things becoming possible it is related to desire now desire in the Latin it's a Latin word it's made up of two parts D which means of or with or by, or from, and sire, which means father. In other words, what this word has shown us from the scripture is that all desire is from the father. Amen. All desire is from the father. You might think it's from you, but it's actually not. See, it's easy, it's easy to know a bit, um, it's easy to know how to operate in faith because because we have, we have the answers in the book, right? Yes. So we say, okay, God, um, I see here you've put healing, so I'm believing you for healing. So we exercise faith and we get healing. So we know we can relate knowledge to faith every time, according to what's in here. Desire is different. Desire is often stuff that God wants for you that you don't even know that you need or you would like. I mean, what desire does is it takes you into the realms of God's incredible, lavish love. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's one of the things we're going to see in the end times is incredible, incredible manifestations of the love of God. And it's going to be evidenced through people's desires. Getting People will say... Man, I didn't, this is incredible. Where did that come from? I mean, just the suddenness of God. God's, God's going to be lavish in his outpouring of desires. Stuff, some stuff you will desire, other stuff you won't even know that <laughs> it was there. God will just throw on you. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk. 
I mean, guys, come on, we've got to move into this realm. We've got to see this realm in God's utter, extravagant goodness. Amen. Things are moving fast. I keep saying that in the spirit realm. And, and we're, we're going to see these things happen. We're going to have testimonies all the time of the goodness of God. The utter shower, showers of blessing the Bible talks about. Amen. All the time. So, so desire then comes from the Father. You might think it comes from you. It's beyond you. If you think you've got a great desire, God actually puts it inside you. Amen. Because it says, take delight in the Lord... So desire starts with delight, delighting the Father. You see this. I spoke last week in, in, in New Zealand about, I think I spoke there, on this, on the Father. Uh, the, key, the key is, and I keep saying this, the key to the end times for this lavish flow of love, of power, of healings, of miracles, of grace, of mercy, it is all related to knowing the Father. Jesus basically says, guys, I've only got one message for you. It's basically about knowing the Father and His kingdom. That's it. If you get that, you've got the whole lot. Amen. That's what I want you to get. That's what, that's what Jesus was basically saying. So everything He did was to the Father. If you can get a, re- a revelation of the Father, you're going to get everything. Everything will flow from that. It's a love relationship. It's a love flow. Amen. That's what it is. So it says there in Psalm 37 verse 4, Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires, uh, or your heart's desires, one of the translations says, uh, and it puts it, the, the desires of your heart. The Father is the source then of all your desires. God puts desires in your heart. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, Hope deferred makes it the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's like a tree of life. Oh man. When desire comes, it's a tree of life. In other words, desires are supposed to come. According to that scripture, God says desires are supposed to come. It says when desire comes, it's a tree of life. So God's got stuff for you that's supposed to come. But listen, there's no use us getting to heaven and then, you know, we go before God. We drag ourselves before God, you know. And God says, you know, I, I want to show you the desires I had for you. I want to show you this. I want to show you that. And we look and we say, oh God, you know, that would have been great. Why didn't I get that when I was there? There's no use hearing about it now. So God says, I don't want you to get to heaven and have missed the desires. I want you to get it on planet Earth before you get here. Hello? This, this is where it's all happening. All the action is here. God wants to bless you. I think that's what I'm trying to say this morning. God just wants to bless you. Big time. Supernatural. That's what God wants to do. Because He loves you so much. But now I'm going to show you a little secret in the Bible. How you can manifest this. And you'll know that you're in that position to manifest it. Would you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 4? Ephesians 4. Isn't this good? Ephesians 4. Now we'll see how simple this is. And yet how profound it can be. Ephesians 4. And we're going to have a look here. Just one verse. I'll read it to you in a couple of translations because I want you to I want you to get this. This is so simple and yet so profound. In Ephesians four verse twenty nine, it says, "Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification or encouragement, that it may watch this. It's profoundly it's profoundly heavy." It's profoundly heavy 
with intent. It says that it may impart grace to the hearers. We'll just go through that again. He says, let no corrupt communication, the, new, the King James says, word, it says here in the New King James, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is necessary or good in the other translation, for edification or encouragement, that it may impart, now this is moving into the supernatural right here, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now let me just develop that for you and show what this is all about. In the New Living Translation, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. In other words, what he's saying is, I want you to, your words to be words of encouragement towards others. Amen. And when you release words that are encouraging to others, what it is going to do, it is going to impart grace. Amen. It's going to impart grace. So your words are actually imparting a spiritual force into people's lives when you speak well of them or, or good of them. You know, grace is God's supernatural ability to do the impossible. Watch how simple and yet profound this is. So when you choose to speak life over someone and not death, or ignore them or whatever, when you, speak, when you choose to speak life, you're imparting, you're imparting grace, you're imparting supernatural power for them to do supernatural stuff. Amen? That is a profound effect in your supernatural life. Because you're planting seeds that will bounce back to you again. You'll reap a harvest of that. So this is a big, big deal. This is a big deal. We just think, oh, well, we mustn't speak bad. There's supernatural power involved in this. There's supernatural power released in this. Amen? That it may impart grace to the heroes. When you encourage someone... You're saying to them, go ahead and accomplish the supernatural. That's what you're saying. Just go ahead. It's like, you, know, you know what it's like when someone encourages you, man? Look at the dog. I've got a dog. <laughs> She's a real pup, man. You know? <laughs> She's always encouraged. I wonder who speaks to her. Because <laughs> in the morning when I go... <laughs> Jessica speaks. Because the morning when I come down the stairs, I hear, you know, she was a bit groggy, but she'll come through, man. The tail's wagging like this. She is always encouraged. <laughs> it's supernatural. I have a supernatural dog. Who's <laughs> She's always... Someone must be speaking to her. I mean, I do my best, but you know what I mean. It must be Jessica. <laughs> this dog is always... She's always encouraged. I'm amazed. She's teaching me something. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to the wrong crowd this morning, man. She's, yeah, I'll just speak to the door. No, I mean, this dog is actually always encouraged. She believes she can do anything. <laughs> she can't, but do you know what I'm saying? When you encourage someone, they walk away thinking, maybe I can do this thing. Maybe, maybe, just maybe I can do it. 
They get enough encouragement, they start to believe that, and then they start to move because you're imparting grace, which is supernatural power for people to do supernatural things. Come on, man. That is outside the norm. Grace does not operate in the world. Grace operates in the church. Grace operates through releasing power from your mouth, telling someone something good. You can do this. I'll prove this to you from Scripture. And Sam, you don't have to turn there because I want to go quickly because we've got stuff to do. Strengthen. Listen, this is, a, this is a word of encouragement. Strengthen the weak hands. This is from Isaiah 35. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful, say to them, those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. That's encouragement. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. So after you see this supernatural encouraging word, the next part of the, the next two verses actually moves into the supernatural. Because it says, then the eyes of the blind. So you encourage them, you speak these words over them. And then it says, then the eyes of the blind will be opened. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer. And the tongue of the dumb will sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So you speak life. Do not be afraid. Encourage. Do not be afraid. And God says then what's going to happen is the windows of heaven will basically be opened up for the supernatural to be released. Amen. Luke chapter 8. We can go there together. Luke chapter 8. I love this. Luke, God's word is so powerful, isn't it? God is an encouraging God. Amen. Have you noticed? You ever notice that God doesn't discourage you? Have you ever noticed that? God has never, God has never got a dull, dull moment. God never sympathizes with your whatever. You know, it's just, just it's not in God. In fact, when you feel, you ever felt this? When you're feeling down, that's the very time it's like, all of a sudden you feel, I think I can do this. God just spoke to your spirit. God just like, I think I can get through this. I'm going to get through this. There's no one actually speaking to you, but God is speaking to your spirit. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my results. I, I, I'm, going to get the, I'm going to get the results. I'm going to get the supernatural happening in my life. Hello, I'm a child of Almighty God. I'm not just somebody walking through here until waiting for something. I'm, I'm a child of the living God. This living God loves me. He's got his hand upon me for good. I'm going to, come on, man. I'm going to see some natural, supernatural stuff happening in my life. Supernatural stuff. This God loves me. Hallelujah. Not just a normal person. I believe the word of God. I know stuff. I know secrets that's revealed in the word of God. I'm going to apply. I know this living God. I know this God intimately. I'm not going to get normal results. I'm going to get supernatural results. So there was a storm going on here. In Luke chapter 8, verse 22 to 24. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into the boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us cross to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. Can you imagine this? And a windstorm came on the lake, and they were filling with water, and were in jeopardy. And then they came to him, and they woke him, and said, Master, Master, we are perishing. I mean, 
At that point, the disciples were a little discouraged. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> it's like, we got Jesus? Great. We're going to the other side? Fantastic. This is a, going to be a great journey. So they get in the boat, and Jesus falls asleep. And so there they are, and here comes these waves. Jesus is sleeping. It's a little discouraging. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't sign up for a storm. They, they signed up to get to the other side. Right? But Jesus actually had said to them, boys, that's where we're going to go. These disciples were basically saying, you know, we can fish, but we can't swim. Jesus says, don't worry, I'm paraphrasing. Don't worry, boys. Did you hear what I actually said? Did you hear what I said? I said that we're, we're going, Jesus said this, we're going to the other side. We means me and you. So let me sleep. If I'm sleeping, because I spoke, we're still going to go to the other side. Sometimes we may think Jesus is asleep, but I'm telling you, man, when you get born again, guess what happened? Jesus jumped in your boat. Amen. Amen. And he ain't coming out your boat until we get to the other side. There is another side. Amen. And you know what? Storms don't last forever. Jesus is in your boat. There's another story here. And uh, it's David and Goliath, you know. Can you imagine when David was... I'm I'm going to make an an astounding statement at the end of the sermon. I'm nearly finished. Because I want to kind of wrap it up. David is faced with Goliath. This guy's a big guy. He's just a boy. And the natural David could have been discouraged. Maybe he even was. We don't know. But what he was reminded of, this was an encouraging word from God, that he was in covenant with God. Remember, David, what I have spoken. We are in covenant. Therefore, everything is going to be okay. Elijah. Could we go to 1 Kings 19? Let's just finish off with this. 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. So encouraging words will take you to the other side. One Kings nineteen. You know, here's a great prophet. You know what, guys? I know, I know that you can get discouraged at times. I am not saying this morning you'll never get discouraged. I know you'll get discouraged at times. But God reminds us what He has spoken. And when you go to this story here, it's an amazing story. We're going to read it. We're only going to read eight verses here, but I'll read them. You can read them with me. Uh, We're in 1 Kings 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. I mean, the guys just executed all these false prophets. I want to show you what happens. Then Jezebel sent a messenger of Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and he ran for his life. 
He didn't see anything. He just heard it. And he went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey. This guy's running in fear. This is a great prophet who just killed all these false prophets. He goes and he comes to this tree and he sits under this tree. And he prayed that he might die. That's discouragement. Amen? That's pretty discouraging. Then, and said, It is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And as he lay and he slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. It's not over. Arise and eat. And he looked there, and by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Herob, the mount of God. Why do we have to be encouraged? Because you need encouragement to walk a journey of faith. When things seem impossible, you need to be encouraged to know, I can make it. God has already written it. I was amazed this week. I'll close with this. I was amazed this week. How many of you know that the, you probably all know about the war of Armageddon? The great, great. Do you know in that war there is no armies fighting? Armageddon. Armies will not fight. The armies will be will assembled millions in the valley of Megiddo. We actually went through it last year. But the armies will not fight. You know why? If you read carefully the scripture, in Revelation, it says that God actually speaks and the armies that's coming against Israel are destroyed. We will probably be gone by that. We will be gone by that war. But we will see it with God. But it is the spoken word that will defeat those enemies that's coming against God's people. Amen. In other words, where is the power? The power lies in speaking words of life. Now, I'm not saying we have to speak Bible over each other. But I'm talking about speaking words of life. That is where the power is released. The enemy is stopped when you speak words of encouragement. The enemy is halted when you speak words of life. Hallelujah. Amen. We stop right there. Maybe I'll teach on this at some stage, but you and I will only actually um, experience one war. And it's, and it's gearing up very quickly at the moment. And that will be armies against one another. And that will be the armies that actually, the nations that surround Israel will come against Israel. And Israel will take care of them quickly. We will experience that. That will be before the rapture of the church. But, but God's word 
God's word is so powerful. It is so powerful. The enemy is stopped in his tracks. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or that which is good to the use of encouraging, that it may impart grace to the hearers, that it may impart supernatural power. Do you see, do you see, how, do you see how, how important words are? So when you speak death over someone, you're actually you're speaking death. But when you speak encouragement, you're speaking life. You're imparting life. You have such power in your words, in your communication. It's either life or death. There's nothing in between. I had written something down. I wonder if I've got it here. Um, Sometimes I go off um, my notes. But... um, um, some, some great guy had written something that was very powerful. He had basically said something, um, and I don't have them, but he basically said something that, you know, he said, if you, if you ignore me, I, I'll probably not forgive you for ignoring me. If you speak bad about me, I probably will get upset. And he goes, there's a whole list of things that he talks about. But then he says, but if you encourage me, if you encourage me, listen to this, I will never forget you. If you encourage me, I will never forget you. How powerful is that? And that's exactly taking us into the realm of the supernatural. I'm going to declare over that. Thanks for reminding me, Barbara. We're going to declare over this. Thanks, Philip, if you could just join us there. You know what? These are our desires, our dreams, our hopes, everything. And this morning, we're going to decree and declare. We're going to speak words of life over these things. You see, I'm trusting God to get testimonies. I just didn't do this a few weeks ago just to... I felt something quicken when I I get this initial message a few weeks ago. I felt something being quickened. And I says, Lord, I mean, honestly, my heart for you guys, I pray for you all the time. I want to see breakthroughs. I want to see dreams. I want to see supernatural things happen in your lives. That's what I want. I really want that. Now, I can't do anything, but I know the principles. And we're going to speak over this in Jesus' name. Warren and Bernice to go off quickly this morning, but they'll be back for the barbecue. Barbara, just come and join me as we pray over these. We're just going to declare and decree over these things in Jesus' name this morning. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, you know what's written. Only you know what's written in every single one of these pieces of paper. Only you know, God, what is of you. You know the desires. You know the dreams. You know the breakthroughs that's got to come. And so, Father, right now we just thank you. Father, we declare and we decree life over every one of these desires. We speak life over them in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we declare that these things will come to pass and bring you much glory and much honor, Father God. 
We bind every work of darkness that would try and prevent or stop these dreams, these desires, these breakthroughs from coming to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that we will have testimonies that will bring you great glory and great honor. Father, we thank you that you're a God who wants to give us the desires of a heart that you've placed there. And Father, by faith we receive them and we thank you that it's done. We thank you that it's done, Father, this day in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. This has been another podcast from Sydney Life Church. For more teaching and resources, please head to our website, sydneylifechurch.com.